Imputed Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Asman and Budick Show podcast. I'm Jake Asman, as always, joined alongside Dan Budick. It did a great show and start as ESPN baseball analyst Tim Kirchner is set to call in. It should be a lot of fun to talk to Tim about the MLB replay system. It's so brand new. It should be fun to hear what he has to say, executives saying, what managers saying, what they like, what they don't like, and also talk about Mashihiro Tanaka's start for the New York Yankees. Tanaka's been outstanding so far for this Bronx Bomber squad. Same with Michael Pineda, and we'll get to it all with ESPN's Tim Kirchner right after this. Listening to the Asman and Muted Podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. Welcome back to the Asman and Budic Show. Joining us on the line right now is ESPN baseball analyst Tim Kirchin. Tim, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, my pleasure, fellas. So, Tim, first question to you has got to be about the baseball replay system. What have you heard around baseball? How are people liking the system so far? Well, I know a few managers are a little bit confused by it and a little bit frustrated by it. And I certainly understand why. I mean, the whole by-play with the umpires just isn't what it used to be. A bunch of managers have told me they enjoyed going out there and not necessarily arguing with the umpires, but at least conversing with them. And now you're just out there kind of killing time until somebody gives you a signal whether to challenge or not. I know some are a little frustrated by the fact that if you lose a challenge, uh, and then you're out of challenges, and then you may a call might be missed, and you're helpless at that point. But I say this. Baseball basically told us it's going to take three years to get this exactly where they want it to be. And we're, only, we're not even three weeks into it yet. So I would maintain that we're going to have to give this some time. This is a historic change. There are so many moving parts. It is so complicated. Uh, it's going to take some time to get it right, and I think everyone in the game needs to understand that. And I think everyone should have understand that coming in, that there are going to be some problems with this, and they're going to get fixed. It's just probably going to take a full year to really understand that this needs to be done better, and we're doing this part of it right. Tim, why do you think MLB chose to go in the direction of challenges of manager challenges as opposed to something that I thought of and I know a few people were talking about adding another umpire up in the booth to signal down to the umpires whether they need to review a play or not they review it and they get the call right why do you think MLB is opposed to that and decided to implement the two manager challenges well I think they wanted to keep the managers involved to some degree and yet interestingly some managers have told me look either give me full reign here where I can argue about any play I want or just take it out of my hands completely and let the umpires figure this out. Bad call, somebody just puts a, presses a red button, and pow, the call has changed. So that's, some umpires feel like they're kind of trapped in the middle here. Um, but as for putting an umpire in every ballpark, I know Major League Baseball wondered, is that feasible? How many umpire, extra umpires would we have to hire to do that? Um, is it realistic to have an umpire calling every single play? Is that the right thing to do? Maybe that's what they'll do next year. But they're certainly not going to change that during the course of this year. Now, Tim, switching to players who haven't been signed, of course, that's Stephen Drew. Do you have any insight on when he could potentially sign with the team? Well, it's a really tricky spot that he's in with the whole draft 
uh, pick compensation and everything else, and with Scott Boris as his agent and the money that he's going to want and everything, I, I think they're still just waiting for a major need to come up for a team. A shortstop goes down, uh, gets hurt, or isn't playing very well, or a team is in dire straits, and that's when they jump at Stephen Drew. That just hasn't happened yet. But it's going to happen, and um, but it's not going to happen, I would think, at the timetable that Stephen Drew would want. I think logically he would like to be out there playing right now because he is a terrific defensive shortstop. He's a good player, period. He could really help a team, and I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, a little frustrated about not being able to get out there and play, um, you know, with the team certainly that he played for last year. Tim, does that then – bring up the question, is this solely because of the draft pick? Do you think maybe possibly after the draft is when most likely he'll get signed? Well, yeah, at some point the draft pick compensation goes away, and yes, that may be when he might be more attractive to certain teams. Uh, but again, that, that's not going to help Stephen Drew as a baseball player if he's not playing. And the only way to get better and to stay in great baseball shape is to actually play the game. You can't simulate it any other way. But, yes, I think the draft pick compensation uh, has been a huge factor over the last couple of years, whether it was with Adam LaRoche or Kyle Loesch last year or this year with Irvin Santana, others, and, of course, Stephen Drew. And we're talking to ESPN baseball analyst Tim Kirchin. Tim, the Brewers are off to a strong 11-4 start this season. Are people around baseball surprised about their season and how it's gone so far? Yeah, I think a few people are, but I, I must say – for once, I identified a team in spring training that I thought might be way better than last year, and the Brewers were the team that I picked because I really got a good feel around their club that they have five major league starting pitchers now. Not every team has that, and the Brewers certainly didn't have that last year or the last couple of years. Plus, their everyday lineup is pretty darn good, especially when you're hitting Carlos Gomez first and you got Ryan Braun back for a full year. So, Plus, in talking to Jonathan Lucroy and some of their other players, I got a really good feel that this team was a little bit better than people thought, one of these don't-count-us-out type of things. And uh, so far, so good. We'll see if they can hold up. They don't have a whole lot of depth on their club. If anyone big gets hurt, I'm not sure they're going to be able to fill in. But for the moment, I'm not surprised with what they're doing. They have a pretty good team. Tim, switching over to the Bronx a little bit, we've seen three starts out of Mashiro Tanaka. Are you surprised by anything he's done? Or you Is this the path you've expected him to take as far as dominating the Cubs yesterday? Well, I was told all along by the people who saw him in Japan and some of the guys who faced him in Japan that he's a big-time pitcher, and that stuff is going to play anywhere, and it is so far. Now, did I see him striking out 28 guys? In his first three major league starts, I didn't know he was going to be that good. But, you know, when you throw in the low 90s and you can spot your fastball and you have a split that's as good as any in the major league and you have a real understanding of the competition of the game and the strike zone, you're going to have luck wherever you go. Believe me, they play a pretty high level of baseball in Japan. And to, to throw out a 24-0 and record with an ERA like that for a full season is just that's beyond Little League numbers. So I knew he would be good when he came here. He's been even better than I thought. But this thought that everyone's going to figure him out after six or seven starts, I'm not buying that. I, I think he's going to be a very good pitcher for the entire season, and he has been very, very good so far.
Now, Tim, another pitcher that the Yankees have counted on early on this season has been Michael Pineda. He's pitched really well for this team. What are people around baseball saying about Michael Pineda's start to the season? Well, they're really impressed like we all were. I mean, I saw him throw in spring training, and I checked with some people, and they told me, well, let's see what he does when the games start to count and the, the bats are real. Well, they are. And for three starts, he's been, he's been very, very good. We, we can't forget how good he was the first half with Seattle a few years ago when he was more than good. And since then, he's just fallen off the edge of the earth. But maybe it was just because he was hurt. He didn't look hurt to me watching him last night, worked out of a couple of difficult jams. And he's a really big, strong guy and much more athletic than he appears. That really helps any pitcher, especially a really big one. So if Tanaka and Pineda are anywhere close to being this good for the entire season, the Yankees have very good starting pitching to work with. And we're joined here, obviously, by ESPN's Tim Kirchner. And Tim, we thank you again for taking a few minutes out of your busy day, we know, to, to join us. We really appreciate it. As far as the other team in New York is concerned, the New York Mets, do you see with bullpen troubles early, do you see them maybe calling up a Noah Syndergaard soon or a Rafael Montero to maybe fill out a need middle of the middle of the bullpen? Um, you know, that's how the Orioles used to do it. When I was around them a little bit late 70s, they would bring their best prospects up and let them work out of the bullpen and get a feel for the game out of the bullpen and then ease them into the rotation. Um, I think it's possible that could happen with the Mets. But I think it's more likely when they bring those kids up, they're going to bring them up and put them in the rotation. And I wouldn't be surprised Montero and Syndergaard are in the rotation on opening day next year with Matt Harvey. And then Met fans would really have something to be enthused about. Uh, I'm dying to see both those kids on, in a major league game and see how things go. But uh, I don't think it would make sense at this point to say, hey, we have a hole in the bullpen Let's bring up a kid. Uh, it's been done before, but I think in today's day and age, when you have a starter, you're going to leave him there and see what he can do. Now, Tim, before we let you go, we have to ask you about J.P. Aaron Sibia impersonating <laughs> you yet again. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. We, we watch it all the time. Of course, before we had you on, we had to make sure we saw it again. What was it like to be impersonated by a Major League Baseball player? Well, you guys don't know the backstory, but I was in the Blue Jays clubhouse, you know, three years ago, whatever it was, and Ricky Romero came up to me and said, you got to go over and see JP. He can really imitate you. <laughs> so I go over there, and before I know it, there were about 60 players. It's early in spring training, just in a circle, and he's impersonating me, and every one of those guys, is laughing like crazy. And, of course, Terry Francona sees all of this. This was his one year at ESPN. He was my teammate. And he says, we got to get Kirchner. This will be great. We'll ambush him on the air. We'll get Aaron Sebia to imitate him. And, of course, this all worked out. I had no idea this was coming. I was completely blindsided. And it was so funny. At the beginning, I, little, I worried a little about my credibility. I looked more like a cartoon character than an actual journalist. But... Uh, once I realized that this was all in fun and everything else, uh, it, it's gotten a lot of laughs, and I'm all for the laughs. It's a really hard game to play. It's a hard game to be around unless you love it, and you got to laugh with it once in a while. Tim, we thank you so much for a couple minutes out of your day, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks yeah, again. Thanks so much, Tim. Okay, fellas, thank you. Special thanks again to ESPN analyst Tim Kirchin for giving us a few minutes of his time to come on the show. That's going to do it for this edition of the Asman and Budic Show podcast. Again, like always, a lot of fun, and we look forward to seeing you guys soon.
listening to the Asmin and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.